What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I am your host, 34. And tonight, I have a very special guest. Teresa is in the house. How are you doing, Teresa? I'm great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Doing great. Um, so very happy to have you on. Uh, thank you again for making time and being open to share your story. Uh, definitely appreciate it. For the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions, some warm-up questions just to set the tone. After that, we'll go into the main portion where you either choose your destiny or you rely on the wheel of fate. And then after that, we'll finish it off with some close-out questions. Sound good to you, Teresa? Sounds great. Thanks. Awesome. My very first question for you is, how have you been? You've been doing well. You've been doing great. It's been some crazy couple years uh, how you been lately all that all that <laughs> but lately i've been doing great i'm a teacher and i've just had i've lost track of how many weeks off uh maybe june 9th was the last day i worked today is august 5th and it feels like a year since june 9th it feels really sweet to have just had a long and luxurious summer of relaxing and chilling and having fun and finding joy and not too big of travels. Um, like I didn't leave the country, but enough travels that I have seen some things that have brought me a lot of peace and seen some family and I'm just doing great. I'm still sitting with all of that beauty from this past summer. That's awesome. I'm, I'm very glad to hear. Yeah, and you know, school is right right around the corner. So uh, I'm glad that you were able to have that time for yourself, which is, I think, super important for everybody, you know. Uh, second question for you is, what would you like the audience to know about you? I am awesome and great and fabulous and all that. And starting to realize that school's right around the corner. Oh, sorry for the <laughs> reminder. <laughs> Well, I had a reminder earlier today, um, mm -hmm. but it's uh, that transition has just begun for me of kind of getting ready for that. So I'm feeling that transition and I'm feeling kind of tender. So maybe that's a, a good thing for our audience to know about me right now, because questions might be colored by that tenderness that I got going on today. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, second or third question in the warm up is if someone were to pay you a tribute, how would you like to be honored? So if I was going to tell myself today I'm going to do something in the honor of Teresa, what sort of act could I do for you? You would take good care of the earth today. Um, like you would make sure that you didn't step on a sand dollar at the beach. Um, you would make sure that you used a glass instead of something plastic. You would just do those little things that maybe in our lifetime we've forgotten are impactful to the planet that we, we live on and uh, it's getting a little harder for her oh yeah it, it sure is um, any any hope that you can see out there as far as <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the truth I had such hope when uh, we all were in our houses for like three months and there was this split second. You remember when um, you could see like the sky clear over China, industrial China, where, you know, there's like smog and haze at all times and all hours. There was a moment and people were reporting on this like clear up. And I thought to myself, ah, there's the silver lining. This is what's going to happen. We're going to be able to coexist harmoniously on the planet. 
but no, we all went back to work. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't really know if there is hope. Um, Greta Turnberg, she's the hope. She's the hope right there. I Young, gotcha. they can do it. The kids. I feel like um, I'm giving up on on my generation and above. I, I hear. I mean, honestly, I, I feel the same. Well, I don't know if I could say I'm giving up on my generation yet, but. <laughs> It's getting close, <laughs> and, and we're both looking to the young folks for more answers, more and more, right? Um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But now we know to do something great for Mother Earth. Uh, but for you, when when did that connection to the Earth kind of start for you? Was that something you've always kind of had, or was it something that you know maybe a switch that flipped in your mind throughout your life experience? Yeah, I flipped in my mind. Um, growing up, it wasn't on the radar. Um, I don't remember the first time we heard of climate change, which was called global warming, probably the first time I heard about it. And you know, maybe it was uh, even Al Gore really is maybe the first that it became something important in my mind. But it's mostly living here in California, which I've lived here for about 20 years. and being able to see such beauty every day and look at these beautiful coastlines and this beautiful oceans, beautiful, beautiful animals. And then, you know, see them like washed up on the shore. Mm. That's the end of their life. Um, and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure sometimes those are natural causes, but then to also know that sometimes that's because of the plastic they ate or what we spilled in the ocean or because they don't have anything to eat because we've messed up their food chain. You know, that's really, really tough to, to feel complicit in the, the pain that I get to see in the part of the beauty that I, I see as well. So it's, that's, that's definitely a newer thing in my life in the past 20 years where I've been not able to enjoy this view that I have without seeing the suffering of some others who aren't as uh, up on the food chain as me. Yeah, then I can imagine that gets really heavy and mm. you know, you can't help but to just care more. Um, and yeah, every time I, th I think about leaving California, I, I can't imagine, you know, what I feel like I haven't even been able to appreciate everything that we have in California before I even leave, think about leaving. Uh, so. I'm with you. Uh, and my last question for you in the warm up is on a scale from one to 10, how well do you know yourself? Let's go seven. Seven. How'd yes. you, how'd you land on a seven? If you don't mind me asking. Well, I'm pretty old, so I'm not like a two or a three. Uh, <laughs> done a lot of like self-reflecting and, and looking and, you know, just, just being alive as long as I have, I think I have to know a little bit about uh, predicting for myself or you know, having my routines. But we're not quite at the top because, you know, there's so much that we just think we know or believe we are that isn't real, right? That's just the, the, the routine, that's just the story. And that's important, I think, in getting through your day to day and it's efficient and it's helpful and like, earning my salary and making sure I have dinner every night but it's um it's when you like dip into like the real moments of self-exploration that you realize oh I don't have to have that reaction or I am not that emotion that's just something that's part of me and it's energy and it can leave and if I just sit with it for a second it'll do its thing and run through my body and go and 
So I know that I still have more to learn about whatever this this is right here. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, what, what would you say is your your favorite thing about your personality? It's my sense of humor, despite <laughs> what gets me in trouble. How would you describe your sense of humor? I'm fast. Um, I am a little biting sometimes, and I am sardonic. So you might have to describe it to me in terms of uh, what, what kind of maybe comedians you find funny or movies or, or shows. So I have a better idea. <laughs> I don't watch a whole lot of things, so I don't know a whole lot of comedians. Um... Oh, I envy you. I, I wish I, I, I am a, a person who consumes a lot of media. And yeah. I wonder what kind of person I'd be like if I didn't. <laughs> Just because I do so much. Okay. Um, it's cool though if you don't if you don't have a example in that in that sense. Someone once told me that my sense of humor reminds them of somebody named Mindy, and I think her last name starts with a K, and that's a famous comedian. Interesting. Yes, I, I think I know who you're referring to. Okay. 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 Now I have a I have a better idea of it. Okay. Uh-huh. But yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. All right. Well, we made it to the main portion where you either choose your destiny or you turn to the wheel of fate. Where would, okay. Which way would you like to go? Ah, uh, so the wheel of fate is just a tempting and interesting idea um, for sure. What happens if I got nothing to say? Uh, you could always pass. Um, you know, there's no pressure to to feel like you're boxed into a question at all. Um, you know, whatever you feel like you, f- you feel comfortable answering, that's that's how we go about it. Um, and yeah, so uh, there are three levels as well. So there's easy, medium, hard. On the on the wheel, it's only one to thirty-four. So you could always just let me know which level you'd like to answer. If it's like one easy, you know, fifteen medium, it's that's how we just kind of go with the flow. You know. Okay. So, let's wheel let's wheel heading over to the wheel all right. <laughs> all right well as you can see there's also um a fill in the blank the fitb or a shout out question um normally i don't you know really ask you to name drop anything but the shout outs are more positive um if you feel comfortable but like i said uh if there's anything you don't want to answer just pass and we'll give it another spin here we go All right, 13. Um, 13 easy, medium, or hard? Lucky 13. Let's try medium. 13 medium. Huh? The question is, what were you, what was your fear when you were a kid? <laughs> uh, it's, it's silly, okay. Um, I am currently still afraid of uh, aquariums. Aquariums? Yeah, not like aquariums that you would have in your home, not like, right, like and put a, like a goldfish in it, but like the aquariums that you like are in like some kind of museum kind of place and then you like go down the stairs and then you are on the same 
level as the sea life. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so you, you don't sign up for those field trips to the, to the aquarium? <laughs> nope. It's like a few degrees colder down there. You can like hear the water in some way. It's unnatural. No, it's not okay. Well, did you think that happened from like maybe an early visit to the aquarium where it kind of freaked you out or or a movie or I guess not movie but <laughs> I think it happened I have no idea all right and my mother and I between us have like such awesome memory loss that we could like create our entire story and we'd be like yeah that's what happened yeah I know. <laughs> but um, I think it happened from being young on a glass bottom boat ride which is wrong period you should not be able to see through the bottom of the boat imagine being able to see through the bottom of the car or the bottom of the airplane my <laughs> boat so they they these parents that i had thought that it was good to put like a 2 or 3 year old in this and and um i think that i can again this could be like made up memory but i think that i can see like murky water and like those plants that seem to like be doing the hula at all times and just you know that's that's a frightening thing when you're not quite rational with what it is and what's under there and i think that's that's what's stuck with me i gotcha but you're okay with uh the ocean like you're okay with swimming in the ocean and no problem with the ocean gotcha <laughs> never thought of that as odd before this minute but yeah yeah i'm fine with the ocean i guess it's about <laughs> choice right like it's about like uh, my autonomy i'm not like yeah because there's definitely something about looking at an aquarium that like if, if it's an earthquake like this whole glass could just shatter and that shark in my head you know something about that i don't know gotcha. whereas if i'm in the ocean and there's an earthquake i probably wouldn't even notice right do you get that same feeling of anything underground you know like if there's underground tunnels and Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. So, I'm better now, but when I first moved to the Bay Area, you could not put me on the bar and send me to Berkeley. There's no way. That three-minute ride under the water, uh, I remember, there's video of me the first time I did it. I was wearing a, a sweater, and I pulled the hood over as far as I could and just, like, hummed or meditated or something to get me through that three minutes. I'm better now. And when I was a kid, the Lincoln Tunnel in New York, ooh, driving through that, no, no, no. And my father would always say, like, do you, do you hear, do you hear dripping? Do you hear dripping? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, parents are the biggest trolls sometimes. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They're so cute. They think they're cute. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm still scared of the dark. But when I was a kid, I was really scared of the dark. So my, my dad would always be like, oh, you see that behind you? Like, or I think I see something behind you. And I'm like... <laughs> I was like, do not. Why? Why? Why are you torturing me right now? Right, right. Yeah. Help? That's not helping. <laughs> no, no, I'm still scared of the dark. So <laughs> I guess it didn't help. Um, for sure. So, any fears as an adult that that's different, or if you don't mind sharing, because I know fears as an adult is a little bit different from fears as a kid. I don't know if I have fears like um, existential fears yet, deep fears yet. I, I imagine I'll be there, right? I'm I'm old, but I'm not that old, right? That it's like I'm thinking about my mortality at all times or even at any times. Um, but I, I I can't say that I believe I'm beyond a fear, even though I don't have those types of fears at this moment. What I 
try to remember when I feel fear, which I can go into when I felt fear recently soon. But what I try to remember is someone, oh, I wish I could give them credit. Someone said, and they, they must've been coming from an art perspective, right? Okay. Like, you know, the perspective of like, um, well, the perspective of perspective. When you're making something in art, you put the things that are closer, they get bigger and the things that are farther away are smaller. Um, so this person said, fear is the only thing that when you get closer to it, it shrinks. Uh, and so I remember that whenever I'm afraid of something, thinking like, I've got all this anticipation, I've got all this apprehension, I feel negatively about this. That makes me not want to do it. Get it over with because it's going to be easier than you think. So that's that's where I try to go with fear. And where my fear has been in the last year is probably where many people's fear has been. Like, what is our future? How are we doing as a group? Like, can I leave the house and be safe? Can I leave the house and come back to my house and the people I live with are going to be safe? Um, currently, my my apprehension or fear is about my students. Um, I am a high school teacher, so more of my students will be vaccinated than say an elementary school teacher or even a middle school teacher, but some of my students still will not be vaccinated. Some of my students and their families from COVID. And I am aware that I might play a part in somebody else's illness or worse. And that is a fear for me. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, thank you for sharing. And yeah, who I I want to know where you got that 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 saying about fear getting you know smaller as you get closer to it. Because I, I I'm gonna have to borrow that one uh, when I talk to folks. But uh, yeah, I'll look for it. I'll let you know. For sure. Well, appreciate that. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, give it another spin. Here All right. Nineteen, sticking with the mediums. Uh, okay. I didn't realize that was an option. Cool. Oh. We'll stick with the medium. Oh yeah, yeah. You could definitely stick with the medium. Um, cool. here we go. What do you value most in relationships? What kind of relationship? I mean. I can do that division or you can if you want. I got you. Well, the first one I have is friendships. Okay. <laughs> what kind of friendships? <laughs> okay, let me, let me, I, I don't need to keep asking you questions back. Let me explain that. I have some friendships that are easy to maintain. Um, and that the qualities there that I value when they're easy to maintain are things like we're having fun. Um, maybe we have some similar interests, like we love to go karaoke together or something. Um, and it's kind of easy, drama free. So that's a lot of the friendships I have at this stage of my life. Um, I have then some other friendships, deeper friendships, like maybe lasting friendships or maybe not people that I've known for very long, but that I felt like a deeper connection with. And what's really important to me in those relationships is forthcoming honesty. 
in those other friendships, the easier friendships, honesty is also important. Like I'm, I'm not lying behind anybody's back and I hope that nobody's doing that to me. But if you irritate me, I might just handle that on my own. Just sit with that and let it leave. And then, you know, maybe I decide we don't need to go into that. You know, our friendship is more about karaoke and not about like, let's sit down and work this out and get deeper. But if I do feel like I have a deeper connection with somebody, a deeper relationship, and I feel irritation, I'm gonna need to tell that person or else that irritation is gonna continue to be part of the relationship. And maybe we can't get deeper if I just let it sit there in between us. So the honesty, forthcoming honesty, and um, that goes with then being willing to listen to somebody tell me what's irritating about me too. So honesty, forthcoming honesty, plus the willingness to like hear that honesty. I gotcha, I gotcha. Would you say it was, for, for you, was it easier to make friends as a, when you were younger or now that you're older? It's always been pretty easy for me to make friends. Uh, I'm finding it really easy at this stage in my life, which is a surprise because a lot of people say you make less friends as you age, but no, it feels real easy for me just to say to somebody, I think we have something in common. I'm having fun. Let's, let's, you want to hang out this week or whatever. That's, that's really easy for me now. I gotcha. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, what you mentioned about friendships, because right now I would say, like, I know who, which friends I would go to for, you know, for certain activities, but I don't know. I feel like because, you know, I am a media consumer and a lot of people in my generation are, we've been given this expectation to kind of grow up with your friends in your in your late 20s to early 30s and have like this family dynamic <laughs> um, but then when you don't have it I can see it affect a lot of folks in you know a negative way you know you kind of feel down about it or you feel lonely because you're not reaching this this uh, expectation mm-hmm. so yeah I mean for, for me it, the way you broke it down as far as friends that you have that you can kind of like see whenever and like the quality is still there even though the time isn't as much and then the friends that you you know you enjoy certain situations with when it's karaoke or for me be you know photography or something um but yeah i can't seem to like i, I don't know why but I, I feel this need to connect people connect folks so like I, for, it's something i'm working on where i don't want it to feel like you know this is people are revolving around me type thing you know uh, and trying to feel like, oh, you know what? I think it'd be really great if you guys met and, you know, these two parts of my universes, you know, are, are able to connect and that way I can spend time with everybody at the same time. But yeah, that was just a reflection that I had based on what you were saying. What's your sign? What's that? What's your sign, your zodiac sign? I'm a Taurus. <laughs> Did it not seem that way? <laughs> oh, that's a really nice Taurus. <laughs> I love Taurus. My sister's a Taurus. For sure. You know, I haven't had too many people tell me bad things about Tauruses. Um, no, not, not bad things, but you um, just described yourself as um, somebody who like wants that interconnection with all beings, right? Like wants that sensitivity and feels um, sort of interwoven, I guess, with the plight and the fates of others. Yeah. yeah accurate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I think of most Tauruses, and obviously that's really like 
Zionist of me or stereotype, right? To like say that all Tauruses are blank. But um, I just thought that I was absolutely positive you're gonna say cancer, that's all. But um, to- most Tauruses feel a little bit more like, I gotta do this this way. And who's coming with me is who's coming with me. And who's not coming with me is not coming with me. So that's how I think of like, Oh, I think that that feeling is growing on me, though. (laughs) Maybe I'm just embracing myself a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I mean, just because I I realized I I shouldn't really be trying to do that with folks. It's like, you know, forcing these connections and and stuff. And for me, it's like, okay, I don't like I want it to be that way, but it doesn't feel like that's the most effective way or people aren't receptive to to that which i understand Uh, so it's definitely like well let me go do my thing and i hope hope hopefully people become attracted to that thing and we can help grow it together so this is something coming out of that i would say right but yeah yeah that's that's definitely interesting yeah when's the actual birth date the the 26th april 26th so it's um yeah little uh, people tell me about the whole aries thing of how Uh i'm closer to that and um versus a real taurus which would be in may so i don't know can you enlighten me in that anything i should know (laughs) well i'm an aries so yes i can (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i actually i'm a cusp aries as well i'm a pisces cusp uh and it's uh it's my saving grace really because Aries are well Aries are awesome in many ways but Aries if you're going with stereotype is finest stuff um are bossy man really bossy and I gotta do all this on my own and I can so to hell with y'all so that might be a little bit about that too what you're describing about yourself oh yeah oh yeah uh one of my best friends is an Aries and uh I definitely can see that side of him for sure and I mean now it's one of those things where he's doing his thing and I'm doing my thing because uh I think anytime we tried to work together it always felt like it was starting to become his thing (laughs) um and yeah yeah so um but it was good that we were able to kind of talk about it and work it out and kind of realize that before it really kind of messed up our friendship so Yeah. yeah, yeah it was one of those things like even today it's like I think where he's trying to start something up again where he can kind of bring me in it's and it's interesting because you know i think we both see the value in each other but it's kind of like we really want our own thing and it's hard to to kind of put that together because our vision we believe in our vision and (laughs) all this stuff so yeah i mean yeah and sometimes it's so easy to believe in the vision and know it's right and it's the best thing in the world that you forget about the human element you don't take care of your buddies as well that's that's me (laughs) I feel you. I feel you, Teresa. Um, so you, you first touched on friendships. Uh, what would you say is the most important thing in family relationships? Can you shut your mouth in time? <laughs> At least how that's how it works in my family. They're lovely. I really love them all. They're wonderful. And... That part right there needs to be recognized as not my business before the mouth starts to react to what the hell just happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Example, my sister who I adore and love and is the most important person to me on the planet. uh, She has four kids and I have zero kids. And, you know, sometimes I think I know what's good for her kids. And um, that's never true ever, ever 
and it may be true, but I need to not have it be true in the family dynamic and stay out of it no matter what. Yeah, that's, um, it's just safer for everybody involved. It keeps everybody uh, harmonious in the two weeks out of the year that I get to be with them. Um, you know, there's not anything that I look at that family and think like, oof, they messed up. That's not how I, <laughs> that's not how it is. But you know, every once in a while there's like something going on and maybe it's at the dinner table or maybe I'm on the ancillary edges of it, but I'm a teacher. And when things are going on, like I'm supposed to intervene. Right. And so mm -hmm. I have to stop myself and be like, I didn't make the rules about when you can be on a video game or not. So I'm just going to stop. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I, I mean, I had, I had the thought and then it disappeared on me. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll come back. Well. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it Oh yeah, now now it hit me. Um, so yeah, that, that, whenever it's one of those moments when if if some something happens at the grocery store and you see a kid kind of going out of control and you hear someone mention or say something about the parenting, it's one of those moments for me that I have to turn away because I could kind of feel the vibe. I could kind of tell what's gonna gonna happen <laughs> is you know you have the parent just kind of like don't tell me how to raise my kid um and yeah that it i, I get it and i just wonder like i hope other folks get it before you know they try to intervene and but sometimes i don't know like i don't want to say that this is how you should raise your kid but it looks like you might need some help and <laughs> i, I kind of want to but you know so yeah same same here gotta learn how to like step back and let the parent be a parent and you know but yeah <laughs> just another reflection <laughs> thank you uh all right well let's keep going through the interview and spin the wheel again um, right. here we go Twenty nine. Still sticking with the medium, or no? Let's go to a uh, hard one. A hard one. All right, here we go. Um, twenty nine hard. Do you believe in yourself? Oh, we just covered that. I'm an Aries. I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> like that—that's the real and raw. There's no no part of you that you know has a little bit of uh, I don't know. You know? it's, it's to a fault actually it's um it's a problem it's not that big a problem much of the time but like um okay for example when i was a teenager somebody taught me how to drive stick like i don't know maybe we took three days and i learned how to drive a stick shift and that was on like flatland in uh on the east coast and um I think it was the last time I drove a stick until about four or five years ago when my housemate went on a trip for a week or two or whatever and so knew that he would need the car moved and asked me, can you drive a stick? And I was like, yeah, no, I can't drive a stick, but I believed that I could drive a stick. So like I got in there the first time I needed to move the car and I was like, clutch. I remember something about a clutch and left foot. <laughs> You know, and like, I mean, it took me a while, but I moved the car, it was no problem. You know, maybe there was a jerk or something that didn't need to happen in the car. And 
maybe that wasn't good for the engine, but whatever, I moved the car, it's fine. So but this is the attitude I'm talking about. Like, I believe I can do whatever needs to be done and I don't really stop myself and think, are you putting someone else in jeopardy? Are you putting someone else's property in jeopardy? Are you doing okay? Most of the time it's not that serious that it's a car, right? Most of the time it's only the lives of teenagers. I'm joking. <laughs> that's serious too but i just i really just i just have the confidence that like whatever i need in the moment is going to come to me and i'm going to find it and be able to like sort through any filter and grab the right yeah i i do i believe in myself no, a lot. <laughs> i hear you um i think that's i think that's like a little bit of the aries cusp that i'm feeling is i have that irrational belief that i can do it whatever i put my mind to yeah it's gonna I'm going to be able to figure it out no matter, you know, what path I take, which has been a good and bad thing, I think. I think it's always a balance. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but at least it, it, I don't know for you, but for me, it helps me just enjoy my life experience a little more because there's never really like a moment where I don't feel like I can do anything. I, I can't do anything. I always feel like there's always going to be something to do no matter what. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you what your Icarus moment was, but it sounded like you, you gave me one with the with the shift, the stick shift, where, you know, your overconfidence kind of. <laughs> the car was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten myself into a bunch of injuries, actually, because of that overconfidence. Um, one, one story for me is uh, doing ATVs on Pismo Beach. I don't know if you've heard of that, uh, that that activity but you know they give you like a 10 minute safety rundown right before you get on and i'm like cool i got this and i'm going out there going as fast as i can as hard as i can and yeah i didn't know what i was doing and got hurt out there so yeah definitely something to be aware of you got a scar oh yeah um i could i could show you the picture because so what happened was <laughs> i was 26 so it was like that that year of like your expiration with your parents insurance thing was happening oh right so when it happened i was like i don't know if i'm gonna have to pay this out of pocket and i don't know what i'm gonna do it was it was busted like pretty open um and then when i got to the emergency room they were like all right let's get the stitches and all that stuff and i'm just sitting there waiting to find out how much this bill is gonna be and then luckily you know they they ran my my membership id and it worked and i'm like holy crap like (laughs) I don't know how I would be able to explain this to to my folks, you know, <laughs> when I get back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was all good after that. But uh, whew, yeah, that story. <laughs> wow. Well, at least you got the scar to remind you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, it was kind of funny because they brought me back to the place where we rented the ATVs. So you just saw this guy with his knee busted open when people were coming into, to, you know, like, did that just happen? And all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I mean, pay attention to, to the safety video. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it was, it was fun because a lot of kids got freaked out. You know, it was just fun to see their reaction. Like, oh, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, let's go ahead and, uh, do another spin. All right. So close to the vibe check, but haven't gotten it. 20, 20 hard still? Or? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. This one is, when was the last time you felt left out? 
So the reason I'm taking a second to try to figure out how to answer is because it's a really sensitive um, global topic, or at least countrywide topic. So I want to be honest, right? I want to tell you the last time I felt left out. I want to tell you about it. And I also want to be respectful and, and acknowledge that this version of me, this one person being left out is nothing compared to the amount of left out the people that I'm talking about have felt in their lifetime, which will be more clear. It'll be more clear as I go. Um, So I have a group of friends and we uh, spent a lot of time, especially during COVID, virtually hanging out, doing things together that we could do over, over Zoom, right? Like, you know, you could play games, right? You could have paint nights, things like that. And I, um, I'm very often the organizer of those. And I don't know if that's just because I'm the leader Aries bossy or, uh, you know, just things were, I kind of had the facilities to do that. Like my Zoom account had blank or, you know, I'm the one who, yeah, it's probably because I'm bossy anyway. So I was setting that up a lot and inviting these, these, these folks. And, um, well, there are some times that some of those folks get together without me. And maybe some of those times there's like an actual racial theme to it, like BGM, Black Girl Magic, so that that group of people could celebrate something they needed to celebrate, their, their African-Americanness and the uh, magic within. And that's, that's fantastic. And there are other times when they were getting together and maybe that theme wasn't there. Like it wasn't a BGM theme and they just got together on their own without me. And that is also fantastic. And there are times that I think it's really helpful to not have somebody who is different from the rest of you with you. And yeah, I just happened to be like the one white person in our friend group. And um, to not have me around sometimes is probably really easier, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Things can be said without having to think about the the white fragility that might be present in the room or whatever. Um, And it does still sometimes feel like being left out, which again, I wanna be respectful and acknowledge that I'm talking about a group of people who have been just left out of so many things systematically, um, institutionally, politically, you know, in, in ways that are devastatingly detrimental to their health and wealth and well-being. Um, and so, you know, my little pity, pity party of, well, I didn't get invited to the party is, is, is small in comparison, but that that's it. When um, when a group of friends has has left me out, uh, it's uh, it's it causes some pain. And then what I try to do is just reflect and remember. And uh, I don't need to be invited to every little thing, especially in this scenario where 
my friends have been left out of so many various various activities i feel you and uh i thank you for for sharing that story i know it's not easy um and i i think you know your awareness of it is is great like like you said you don't want to compare those to the feeling of being left out um so yeah i mean just to share with you again because you make you're making me reflect on all these things um but with my friend group i think i started getting left out and i i don't i never had this talk with them so i don't i'm not sure entirely but i think it's because i felt like i was falling behind with like the life plan where some folks are getting ready for marriage some folks are getting ready for you know other things in life and i'm not there with them so i think for me that's when it I started recognizing it and you know it was one of those gradual things but yeah I remember for a little bit it, it took me a while to get over just because it's we never talked about it it was never something that was said it was just I guess and we could kind of be even worse to ourselves in our head right so yeah um, I'm just there with you I, n- I know that feeling and thank you for sharing this, this, this one was a hard question and not everyone likes to answer this question <laughs> Thank thank you for being open to it. Just a heads up, we have about 10, 15 minutes left in the podcast. I wanted to thank you again, and I hope you're having fun. And this has been really great for me, like having this opportunity to to get to know you because you, you know, you were one of the teachers I vibed with when I was at Burton. And, um, you know, I think I wasn't sure, but it felt like there were similar values that we had uh, when it came to working with the kids and definitely appreciated that. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm liking hearing um, more about you too. It's really fun to hear you reflect. For sure, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I, I can't help myself, and you know, I, I do it hopefully so my guests can feel at ease as well, and they can yeah. see that we're, we're both doing it. Here we go for another number. Okay. Got out. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. You how? Uh, Let's go with hard again. Can't go back. Can't go back. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, this one is, what emotion would you get rid of? Oh, I like my anger so much, but I guess it's <laughs> negative. <laughs> so I should get rid of that. Maybe fury would be the better way to say that. I should get rid of my fury. Yeah, anger, anger can be um, productive and good, right? You put your anger to good use. You just don't let it get control of you. So I guess I'm calling fury when I let that anger get control of me. Yeah. You know, when you like all of a sudden get that like pit in your stomach and it feels like it's red and it just comes up through the whole like throat and comes out of your mouth. And the thing that you said is not skillful. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um you know, for, for, for me, like, I think I did, I've, I've either, I don't know if this is a good thing you could let me know, but I'm pretty good of, with keeping my mouth shut <laughs> when it comes to things. I'm like, oh, I feel like I should say something, but it's not the right time or place. So, you know, I'll keep my mouth shut. Now, for you, it, <laughs> thumbs up with that. Thumbs up for that. Yeah. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. And if you're going to be angry about it and you're going to get something done righteously, that's one thing. But if you're going to be furious about it and you're going to 
try to try to win that's not a good way to come at something yeah yeah winning winning mm-hmm. um I, I i try to put it out there and say like we're not trying to win anything but what are we trying to say when, when, when that comes up? Like, what would you put in place of that? Help me out. <laughs> you mean how I would say it skillfully? Yes, yes. <laughs> Not trying to win anything. Um, we're trying to see each other's point of view. We're trying to get on the same side. Same page, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Any, sure. Well, anything that you would consider your pet peeve? Like what? What can push your button? <laughs> it can push my button when someone does not recognize um, the work I have done, and kind of indicates, implies, or maybe even outright says that it's work they have done. Mm. Yeah, I have a um, a pet peeve about someone taking the credit from from anybody. But then when it's from me, then I feel furious. Another pet peeve is that I'm really short. I'm almost 5'1", and nobody can see me at the Safeway Deli counter. And I get really mad when somebody gets called ahead of me. Really mad. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, my mom is uh, 4'11", so she feels your pain. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, the credit thing. Ooh. Uh, As... Has there been a time where uh, you were given credit that you didn't deserve? I'm sure. Yeah, see, we don't notice that one as much, right? Because that one works in our favor. But what I am pretty, I hope, pretty good at is that, um, you know, we work on teams at Burton. And so I think that my go-to mentality with most things that I would be getting credit for, you know, like at school, right, at my, at my job, um, most things we attribute to the whole team anyway, right? Like this lesson isn't mine, it's the lesson of the four English teachers. Mm. This, this idea isn't just mine, maybe I'm the one who brought it up, but us nine people on the team for the freshmen, we all fine-tuned it or whatever, you know, so things like that. Uh, are shared pretty pretty easily but yeah i'm sure that out there somebody is like complaining right now about the credit i got that they didn't or something oh yeah i mean for, for me my experience in that is just group projects there was definitely one group project i had i'll t- tell you this story um it was it was in my rec classes and I remember I didn't do a lot for that project, and I'm sorry to, to all my classmates I was with on that project, but, uh, you know, I showed up for the presentation, <laughs> and I stood up, and I had to ask, like, it was one, one of those things where you turn the question onto the audience, so I, I opened it up by asking, has anyone here ever been affected by cancer? And then, um, you know, it, it was like that kind of presentation. That's the only thing I said. And then at the very end, with the feedback from the professor, the professor's like, I really like how Jan, you know, flipped that question. In the and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I got recognized. Thank you, teacher. But I'm sure my classmates were like, what the hell? This guy didn't do anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> it has happened before. Uh, but with uh, the students that you work with, have you ever seen that dynamic kind of play out? And, you know, how do students usually handle it? All the time. All the time. Every group project we assign, there is at least one group in my five classes where 
some group is just not working, right? Like you got like the one kid who's trying so, so hard to like disappear into the desk, like, you know, under the backpack, whatever. And the other kids, you know, you're not going to be 15 and trying to like get your get your classmate that you barely even know into like, yeah, let's work mode. You just don't do that. Not when you're 15 <laughs> at least, right? Yeah. So, you know, then you got like the other kids like looking at me, like you're not gonna penalize us for that one slide or this one post, are you? Yeah, yeah, all the time. So they don't, you know, it's an imperfect thing, right? To have a group of people working together. It's always imperfect, even into adulthood, right? It's not like it's gonna work better in college or adulthood than it is in, in high school. It's just that as adults, we hope we have either more consequences and so we rely on them or punishments and rely on them or, or better ability to communicate or something like that. But yeah, the students, the students can have a really hard time with that. And the teachers honestly can have a really hard time with that too. Cause if you call it a group project and you're going to get a group grade, then, then, you know, the person who did nothing then gets to kind of skate by. It's, it's in those situations where I just, I know that I am one lesson in a road of millions and that person and those other people will get what they need somewhere down the line. Mm, I got you. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that I would have to think about. Uh, I, I did want to ask you: twenty years of teaching. Uh, how? When did you? When did you know it was for you? Like, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. And how did that happen? Shout out! Ready? Shout out! Here we go. Uh, when I was in college, I had gotten everything ready for graduate school. Was applying to English uh, programs, and went and observed one of my friends, Justin Jones, who's been teaching for 25 years at Dutch Fork in, uh, in um, Casey, I think, South Carolina. Anyway, uh, I went to go observe him during class. Uh, you know, he was gonna be a high school teacher. I was gonna be a English professor. Um, I thought it was the same thing, right? And so I observed him during his internship. We were both seniors in college and I followed along to his little French class where he was the student teacher. Took me about four minutes to see how much more important his job would be than mine. You know, as an English professor, I would think I would have to like split time with like research and conferences and schmoozing, right? And he was teaching kids how to be better people every second of the day. And it just felt so great. And he had this moment, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to make sure he listens to this. He had this awesome moment with this kid who's he's teaching French, right? And like, I guess maybe you don't think you're gonna use French when you're 14 or whatever. But the kid was sassing him. And my friend Justin with like the sweetest humor said, like, I think the kid said to Justin, I don't like you. And Justin said to the kid, oh, that sucks. I really needed another 14 year old friend. <laughs> was so awesome just to see like the the like adroitness with which he handled this like teenage angst right like it was it was awesome and inspiring and yeah his job felt important his job felt meaningful his job felt rewarding and I changed my mind uh, I had to wait six extra months to go to school because I had to reapply for everything but I, I knew in that moment Justin inspired me I knew what I wanted to do that's awesome uh, shout out to Justin for 
We're changing the course of history. <laughs> um, have you ever had a mic drop moment in your class? Where? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of them. <laughs> en- enough to actually like get your own like plastic mic just just to, for just for that gesture. <laughs> that is a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah, that that would be great. I would love to hear that story whenever you get the chance to pull it off. Um, Because I'm sure the kids won't be expecting it. So you just pick up a mic and drop it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I had this kid uh, the COVID year. So, you know, whatever that year was that got interrupted. I had this kid who just couldn't stop talking. And, like, everyone loved him. But at the same time, we got tired of him probably once a period. And he often would say in response to somebody like contributing something about themselves, maybe even vulnerable, he would often say, who asked? He wasn't trying to be a jerk. He was trying to be funny. And it it wasn't funny, right? And people told him often, you're not funny, all right? Um, But he would say this all the time. Anyway, so there was this one day in class that he contributed something vulnerable. And I said, who asked? And the whole class dropped. Not expect that from the teacher. That was a great, great way to do it. Uh, I'm sure he respected you a lot more after you said it too. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Well, we made it to to the final portion of the podcast. I do have some closeout questions for you. But before we get there, I have this new thing called the 34th Mantra, where we create a mantra on the show. I have a few phrases for you to fill in. And the first one is, I am blank. Ready to pee. I am ready to pee. Second one is, I can blank. I can do anything. I can do anything. And the last one is, I will blank. I will go hang out with the cat. For sure. <laughs> you know, I can do anything is uh, has been a very popular choice. Um, yeah yeah i have to like stitch it all together where everybody says it i can do anything Um, but not i'm ready to pee no no (laughs) that that's something i would say honestly actually (laughs) on this end i have a bigger bladder than me (laughs) all right well we'll try to make this painless for you this uh, next question is going to be coming from my previous guest shout out to carolyn and her question for you is why is it important for people to know themselves almost want to add to that um, something like how important is it for people to know themselves or and or uh, under what circumstances is it important for people to know themselves it's just reminding me of something I said earlier that was sort of like on the scale of one to ten on a seven because I have more learning and and growing and knowing to do um so i guess it's important for me to know myself like so that i can get a good gauge of what i need for a day or what i can offer in a day what my capacity is but also i think it's good that i don't know myself so i don't get stale and i don't feel like it's done and i don't feel like i don't feel like i got this and just move sailing forever without ever taking another look at myself and and in relation to others 
Am I messing with Carolyn's vibe? Yeah, I think you got it. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, it makes me think about how much we still need that mystery in our lives, you know? Because uh, knowing everything can get boring. Um, and we'll, <laughs> it's impossible to know everything. So, yeah. Uh, and what was that? So you said how how important i i want to add that there. yeah i think i said like how how important is it for us to know ourselves and in what scenarios is it important for something like that in what scenarios i got you and uh just because i'm an english teacher and i play with questions so you know <laughs> um and then my second question for you you could totally cop out and say whatever you just said right now but it is what question would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions okay um how about this what do you spend more time on or maybe more money on than most people oh okay That's, that might put somebody on blast, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of the point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. I, it know. could be less. I guess it could be less time or less money. Mm, you know. I see. Like, flip, to flip it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll see. I'll see how they feel. I'll, I'll, I'll gauge the reaction. You yeah. know, if it's something they're excited, then I'll let them do it. But yeah. uh, okay, nice. And then uh, my last question, um, the question that ties everything together, if future, future generations were watching this, you know, it could be 100, 200 years from now, watching this video, what would you like to tell them? Be nice to the earth. Really nice. Like, really nice. Like, every single day, don't do one thing wrong to the earth. I got you. I got you. Uh, any last things you'd like to add before we head out of here? I'm good. <laughs> uh, for sure. Well, Teresa, I want to thank you again for stopping by. Um, it's been great getting to know you a lot better. Uh, and I hope you had fun while you've been on the show. I uh, want to thank all the folks out there. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, um, thank you for your time as well. Remember to reach out, reach forward. As always, much love. And we'll catch you guys next time on 34 Questions. Peace. All right. I know you you, you got to go do your thing. Um, feel free to bounce. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is just like the end credit scene. And I guess, you know, the next 30 seconds, my last question for you was, uh, why did you choose to come onto the show? <laughs> um, I think mostly because... I always have enjoyed your energy. Um, I think you always put out your best and I've never seen you without a smile. And that is um, just like a great background that someone could have, right? Just like an enjoyable human being. And then something in your mission statement, I don't know if you'd call it a mission statement, but whatever. But when you first uh, ran this by me and probably it's the same with everybody, right? Is it just said something about like forging connections and I mean, that's, that's all there is, right? That's the most important thing is just being connected with others. Like you were trying before I found out you were a Taurus, but um, yeah, <laughs> the connections between people are, are just priceless. 
invaluable, which is a word that I, I don't think it looks like what it means, right? But without, without, you can't put a value on it, it's so valuable. So I think that that's, that's the ma major reason, you know, knowing who you are to start with and just feeling so um, always uh, invigorated by your, your presence, but always.